Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ventures Podcast. This episode is a, a bit of a special end of the year episode where I'm going to just talk about a couple of things I'm noticing in the Web3 space. In fact, I opened Twitter this morning. I'm not super active on the socials, but opened it up and saw a number of different comments from Jack Dorsey, Elon Musk, Chris Dixon, and you know a lot of people freaked out about what the, the criticism that was coming in. And I think it's important to listen to the critics. Like, what are what are they saying? I mean, essentially, what what Elon Musk and Jack Dorsey were saying is that the Web three movement is powered and owned largely by venture capitalists that are pumping a ton of money into the the new teams, the new networks, the new applications that are going to essentially power the new internet. And uh, Elon Musk, sort of in his own way. Uh, said, hey, what's up? There's not much going on. Uh, where, where can I find Web3? <laughs> um, which is essentially saying, hey, what's, show, like, show me what's up with Web3. Where's the value? Where, where are things being created to, 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 to lift up the global community? And I, my own response to that is, is, I think, to take a little bit of a, a, a tangential approach to it and say that Web3 is important because it actually does empower people by ownership of their own wallets, you know, the keys that they have to their own domains and addresses on blockchains allows them to have their own sovereign identity. And Web3 begins to make sense when you start realizing that you can have your own identity that is backed securely by blockchains, because then with that identity right now, it's you use it a lot because you're holding crypto. You, you can you can actually own cryptocurrencies and um, and take those cross borders, not being subject to different government regulations, et cetera, et cetera. That's important for more so for some countries versus others. But that's just the starting point because when you start owning your own cryptocurrencies and you have your own wallets, essentially your own checking account that nobody can take from you. Then the new, the new types of, I just want to talk for a moment about NFTs and DAOs. Now, NFTs have been super popular um, in, in the Web3 space, which is also kind of a niche of the internet because not everybody knows what I even mean when I talk about Web3. So I refer you in the show notes to past episodes where we've talked about that. But for those in Web3s, NFTs have been a big deal because of all of these NFT clubs. Started with CryptoPunks and then... Crypto Kitties came out, and then Board Ape Yacht Club more recently. Um, and these clubs are people are buying NFTs, empowering the artists that that make these these NFTs. And then the clubs have a dynamic that, yeah, the critics say is like a Ponzi scheme, but the dynamic is that people buy these pieces of art, and then they're incentivized, then economically incentivized to spread the word, spread spread the word. So the critics of Web3 are just like, ah, this is a Ponzi scheme. You know, this is a temporary board apes and crypto, little pixelated crypto punks. Like, what's the big deal? So again, it's important to listen to critics. It is, it is important to think about where is their value? Is there just massive economic incentives going on with VCs that are powering this? Like all things, the, the answer is nuanced. And if you're willing to embrace some of that nuance, listen to critics, listen to where there's value, then I think you start approaching wisdom in this area, or at least knowledge. Maybe the, the as my friend Josh said, the space isn't really old enough, I think, for us to have wisdom on it, but at least we're acquiring knowledge. 
as we think about it. So NFTs now, I, reflecting recently, uh, I, I'll, I'll put in the show notes this really incredible long article that I read recently that, that talked actually about the Mona Lisa story, right? This painting in the Louvre in Paris that everybody believes is super valuable. In fact, you can kind of guess how much the French government might get if they sold that. Why is the Mona Lisa valuable? Well, in 1911, somebody stole the Mona Lisa and it became this international heist, art heist story and multiple movies and other stories have been made since then. And that art heist story captured the world's attention and that made the Mona Lisa valuable. Well, if you take that to today, I'm thinking about artists around the world that you've never heard of that are creating something beautiful for their communities and people want to buy that. Traditionally, you'd have to go into an art gallery and buy their paintings if they're, if, if they're, painting, if they're painting something. Now they can put that art up on an NFT collection and there's you know, OpenSea and Rarible and a, a bunch of others and it sounds like Coinbase is going to be announcing theirs pretty soon here. And, um, and then that artist can not only make money from people buying those NFTs and it's secured on blockchain so you know that it's the original, you know it's the proverbial Mona Lisa and, and everybody agrees on that and that's an important point. Not only can the artist make money from that aspect, but every time that that NFT is bought and resold, the artist can make a certain fraction of that based on the smart contracts that are holding that NFT. That's a pretty big deal. Now, of course, okay, a bunch of people creating this digital art, making some money on the internet, great. What's, the big, what's, what's really the big deal? The big deal then comes into, I think, DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations. So individuals are going to make their own collections. They're going to do their own one-on-one NFTs, meaning their own like individual NFTs that aren't part of an NFT collection or a club. Um, they're going to participate in, 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 in decentralized autonomous organizations that are bringing about a future that the rest of us want to see, that they themselves and the rest of us want to see. Name your social cause. Name something fun. Name something that you believe in and a, and a, and a vision for the world in the future. There is going to be a DAO filled with a bunch of people with shared ownership, right? The cap table, the VC land, the cap, capitalization table, basically the people who own the thing. Um, that cap table is going to be public and the treasury and all the finances are going to be public. That is a big difference because now we create a, a, a model where these artists around the world or any, I'm thinking about in the lens of entrepreneurship, They're, the new entrepreneurs are going to be participating in not only their own collections and their own art, which is more power to them. Like I want to buy a bunch of these NFTs and empower people doing their thing. Uh, in fact, if you have a collection like that, please, I would love to hear about it. Uh, um, hit me up at WC Little on Twitter and, or, or will at wclittle.com uh, from an email perspective, which I, I'm still a big fan of email, and I'd love to hear from you. But not only are they going to have their own collections, their own, their own clubs, their own one-on-one FTs, but they're going to be part of these social DAOs that are going to promote social causes or just fun entertainment causes. Those are important too. Um, but they're also going to have NFTs that are going to power their new ventures, their own companies. And they're going to use NFTs as a way for crowdfunding those opportunities, um, bringing, pulling together their communities, right? These big companies or even small companies that hire community managers. If you add the extra layer of economic incentive, that's when things get really interesting, potentially dangerous, potentially full of new attack vectors that you didn't necessarily think about with your community. But... Very 
important. So to recap, like between NFTs and DAOs and the fact that individuals are going to be empowered to create value for the world, whatever that looks like, participate in these DAOs in a way to bring social causes forward, um, allow themselves to grow economically, to participate in the local economies that wherever they are in the world, and to be able to use these as mechanisms to, to empower their own ventures. As somebody who invests in entrepreneurs, my, my professional life motto is those three words, invest in entrepreneurs. I started an operator investor group called Proto Ventures, where our, our purpose statement is to promote human flourishing by investing holistically in entrepreneurs. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. I have some fun announcements several over the holiday that'll be getting uh, out there on, on, on Twitter and my newsletter. You can go to wclittle.com and subscribe. Um, and I'm interested in participating and building a better internet with you all and sharing that, right? The biology quote where he said, win and help win. That is, that is the spirit. That, that is essentially answering the critics is we need to show them. We need to show the critics why this is valuable. We need to actually build, not just talk. And yeah, VCs may make some money off of it, but that's their job is to go make money. Just because VCs make money off something doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. It's important to be aware of that. important to be aware of where the economic incentives are, but that doesn't mean we should throw baby out with the bathwater. So thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, similar to all the podcasts, you can watch by visiting wclittle.com. There I'll usually have some more extensive show notes that don't really fit into the show notes with the, with the different podcast players that are out there. Um, and if you're watching, you can also listen anywhere that you get your podcasts. You can just search for ventures and it should show up. Thanks. All right, a couple quick things before you go. Number one, I have a general newsletter where I write about technology and startups and health science and teaching people to code. And I write about a variety of different subjects that we talk about on this show. So if you go to wclittle.com, there you'll be able to subscribe and you'll also be able to subscribe to particular topics. If you're just interested in one or a few of them, you'll be notified right when I publish new content in those areas. Number two, my partners and I at Proto Ventures have a portfolio company called Startup Rocket. If you go to startuprocket.com, there you'll be able to receive coaching guides and customize an operations framework for you and your team and your advisors to be on the same page in terms of what is the appropriate next step for you and your entrepreneurial journey. And finally, if you wouldn't mind leaving a review anywhere that you have listened to this podcast or watched this podcast, it would be super helpful to help those who might be interested in consuming this content as well. Thank you.